Israel is a land of diverse cultures, religions, foods, music and people. Join Benji Shulman for the next hour as he explores the devout and divine, the off the wall and outrageous and everything in between. Right here on 101.9 High FM. Ellie Krill, all the way from Dubai, who owns um, a kosher catering company uh, there in that country. I'm going to be chatting to her about how and why and what to eat when you're going to go to Dubai for your next holiday. Welcome to the show, Ellie. Thank you so much for being with us on the new Blue Review. Hi, Benji. So great to be here with you today, and good morning to all your listeners. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. First time on the show I've ever had someone from Dubai, so uh, I think that that's <laughs> really fantastic. Uh, and talking of which, Thank how you. did a nice South African girl uh, end up there? <laughs> so it was my husband's work, actually, that took us to Dubai. Um, it was seven years ago now, almost to the day. And, um, he, he's a, he works for an energy company and had projects, projects in the region. And yeah, so they invited us over and we had a look and that's how I got here. So I take it that the first thing you did was not set up a, a kosher con- catering company. What, what was it like when you first arrived in Dubai? What, what kind of things were you up to? So when I arrived in Dubai, first of all, I mean, my, my most important priority was to settle my family and to establish my household and, and, you know, become familiar with the country and what, what, you know, what products and what, if I could get kosher products in the city, um, how we could keep a kosher lifestyle. So for the first couple of years, that was really what I was doing, you know, um, scouring the supermarkets, bringing kosher food in from South Africa, uh, you know, and from friends who were traveling through, they would bring us things so that we could maintain a kosher home. So that was very much my focus in the first couple of years. And then what happened was when people found out that there was a kosher family living in Dubai, they started reaching out to us as they were traveling through. Of course, they also needed kosher food, and especially business travelers when they were coming in and, you know, they were spending two or three nights uh, in Dubai or even, you know, Abu Dhabi, there's so many crackers and tins of tuna one can eat. And so they wanted food and they reached out to me. My intention was never to open a kosher catering facility in Dubai. I was, um, I, I know that you know this, Benji, but before I used to work at the University of Johannesburg. And um, mm-hmm. when I came to Dubai, I was lecturing in sociology. And that's where my focus was. And um, so this was something that happened organically on its own over time as people started reaching out to me. And when I realized the need was big enough, that's when I decided to to start a full-time um, endeavor. So, so bef- you know, obviously uh, travelers are an important source of, of clientele for your company, but is there an established kind of Jewish community in Dubai that uh, is in need of kosher food or just in general of, of Jewish services? What does that look like? Yeah, so, of course, there is a Jewish community in Dubai. Um, it's small, but it's growing. Um, it's very hard to estimate the numbers. I think now with the, the treaty between Israel and the UAE, that's going to change. I think we are going to have more Israelis coming in. But the Jewish community, of course, has its own needs. Now, the need is not so much with kosher food, but more communal um, uh, services. And with the shul, 
I support the shul with, with kosher food, um, and another woman does as well. So the shul is completely kosher. And when there's a bar mitzvah or a bris or something to that effect, we, you know, together we, we cater, um, for the community. When I say the community is small, it, you know, we estimate anything from, you know, 200 families to a thousand families. Of course, we can never know because there's no list, so to speak, where we can, you know, draw on and say, this is how many families there are. But we, there's a very nice active community around us. It's very, um, diverse with, uh, Jews from all around the world. Um, multiple languages are spoken, multiple passports are held. Um, and it's a very exciting place to be, uh, together and as a community. So when, when the community does come together, especially before this, um, this treaty, you know, it was very, it was very exciting to be together. There was a thrill about it that Jews were coming together from all around the world, Ashkenazim, Sephardim, all of them coming together, praying together and communing together. And that, there was a, a very special feeling. That went with that. Now, obviously, the treaty has opened up a lot of relations and, uh, you know, uh, people starting to reach out to one another. But that hasn't always mm. been the case uh, in the Gulf. Uh, now, obviously, you guys mm. are not Israeli, but but was there ever a feeling about being Jewish in a, in an Arab country like this? Uh, what what do the local Emiratis think? What does the government think of, of something? Like was, was any of that like a, a hindrance to trying to organize the community? No, I don't think so at all. I don't think the government ever stood in our way. And in fact, it was the opposite. They really, really made us feel welcome. They embraced us. They supported us in every step of the way. Um, and I think that was instrumental in, in making this treaty happen. Um, we've never encountered any anti-Semitism at all in this country. Um you know, and there's been support from the highest levels of governments, always been, um, uh, support, quiet support, discreetly done, um, obviously to allow relations to develop over time. Um, Emiratis themselves are very open people and, um, they are quite, prog- they are progressive. I would go as far as to say that they're progressive people. Um, you know, they come from a Bedouin background. They are used to many cultures, many religions being in them, in their midst, and they are very embracing. And this idea that they speak about, this idea of tolerance that they have is something that is deeply embedded in their culture. They are welcoming. They have this majlis idea. A majlis is a tent where people come together to meet and to discuss. And that philosophy or idea is something that they have extended into the modern world. So um, I think that the Emiratis have been wonderful enablers, and I think what we are seeing is just the start, and I'm hoping that more positive things will come from this. Now, in terms of the actual catering uh, itself, uh, you, you mm. know, the, the sourcing of ingredients, the, the hexes, uh, how, do you, mm. how do you manage that aspect of it? Where do you find stuff, and how do you make sure that... Uh, that, that p- people are coming in from different places in the world can actually can actually eat what you what you're making. So there's there are a number of things. First of all, unbelievably, there are a few kosher factories that are certified by uh, KLBD and Star K in Dubai, um, and uh, I can get some items from them. 
Um, in addition to that, the re- retail stores, because it's such a large expat population in Dubai, the retail stores are full of imported goods. Each community wants to see the goods from their own country here. It gives them a sense of comforts and feeling secure in the country. So when you go into the retail stores, you find hexes from everywhere. You find OU, you find Star K, you find uh, KLBD, you find from Australia, everything, uh, Manchester. So you can buy products on the store, from the store. And that's what I do. I buy all my, my products with a Hesha. There's also a South African store called the High Parama Dubai. And it's full <laughs> of South African products. <laughs> and I can go in there and I can buy cream soda for my kids and fizzes for my kids and, um, ghost pops and whatever else, and they are so thrilled with that. So I can actually, I mean, when we first got to Dubai and I discovered this, the, the joke between my husband and I was that we can get more kosher goods in Dubai than we can in South Africa. What we cannot get is kosher meat, and we cannot get kosher cheeses. We can get some kosher cheeses like cottage cheese, or we can get sour cream, and they come from the U.S., very expensive. It's imported. It's about three times the price of what we'd pay in South Africa. So that is a challenge, and that that is something that I have to bring in separately. Um, kosher wine from South Africa is now available, so we can get that too. So we're pretty sorted. Now with the Israeli market opening, it's going to be much easier to import um, meat and cheeses. Israel is three hours away, and we'll be able to get all those kosher products in hopefully very soon. Now, something that you've been pioneering on your Instagram feed and uh, some of your work is something that you're calling kosherati, uh, which is a yeah. sort of blended food style. Talk to us a little bit about what that is all about. Great. So kosherati is is both a cultural and food fusion. And really it came about when um, I started making kosher food in Dubai. And, of course, when you travel to to a new place, you want to be able to taste the local food. When you're kosher, you can't always do this. So what I started doing was experimenting with the, I started researching recipes of local Emirati foods and recognized that there were similarities with some of the dishes that we have. So, um, when I started working with them, it popped into my head one day, this is actually kosherati. It's a fusion of of Emirati and kosher foods. And the idea just took off. It was wonderful. And then I met an Emirati woman through my business. And um, she had also started, she's a foodie, and she also started spotting the similarities. And together, we realized that in our culture, there are so many commonalities, so many commonalities around um, food and tradition and family values and getting together and communing and really what we saw this was kosherati not just being a fusion in foods but also a bridge between our cultures and we wanted to demonstrate how closely linked we were and rather than highlighting sort of stereotypical differences between Muslims and Jews, we wanted to highlight the commonalities between Muslims and Jews and Arabs and Jews. And that's what kosherati became. And so we are developing the recipes. We are writing a a cookbook. It's going to be Emirati recipes for Jewish home or a kosher Jewish home. And that will be published sometime this year. And there's also challah covers that we make. And there's products such as spices that we do. And and that's what kosherati is. 
now that we've got this treaty, it's even more relevant because it's an active and um, living example of the fact that two cultures can come together in a, in a, in a wonderful way like this. And so, so if I'm wanting to do a Friday night dinner in the next uh, few weeks or Rosh Hashanah is coming up and uh, hopefully mm. I can even start to have guests again after Corona or whatever, give me one recipe, one idea uh, if I want to uh, add some kosherati into my next meal. <laughs> well, um, there's, you know, there's certain meat dishes we can make, but apart from, apart from that one that I love to talk about because it's, it's just so surprising, also because it's an Ashkenazi recipe, is called Balalit Kugel. Um, everyone knows what a kugel is, and we all know that kugel can use various kind of ingredients. Um, now, Balalit is, um, is actually a vermicelli dish. It's made with spices and sugar and, um, and eggs. And, um, what happens is that it's, it's cooked in a pan and with the sugar and the spices and then it's served with the egg as an omelette on top. And generally it's served for breakfast. But now if you look at the kugel recipe using vermicelli and especially Yerushalmi kugel, it's almost identical. What differs is the method of cooking and also the spices. So what we do is we take the um, balalit ingredients, we add all the spices, and we cook it in a Yerushalmi kugel format. We bake it, and then we serve it as a side dish to the meat, and that is balalit kugel. So that's something that you could have on a Friday night um, with your main course. Uh, the other thing, for example, lots of dates. This region is so full of dates, so... Um, for Rosh Hashanah, I'm going to be preparing sweets, which are fresh dates with um, marzipan inside that will then be um, dipped in dark, dark chocolate and sesame, and they will be uh, served with desserts. Honey cakes made with date syrup, um, uh, date cakes, for example, also. So there's so many full of spices, cardamom, saffron, um, uh, what else? Uh, all of those beautiful exotic spices coming into the recipes. So those are the kind of things that you'll see. Would you say, I mean, you, you have a bit of a multicultural background. You have a sociology background. Did all of this mm. help to, to uh, give a sense about uh, your approach to food creation? Yeah, sure. So, you know, especially because of my sociology background, I like to see how I can um, put, a, a, you know, a a developmental spin onto onto my food, and that's where the kosherati is very important to me because I I don't see food as as something that is um, purely about eating. Food reflects a time in history. Um, it reflects um, how people are included or excluded in society. It reflects their socioeconomic status. It reflects the relationships they have with the environment. Um, it also is a, it also speaks about their identity and the fact that they feel that they belong in a society. So this is what I'm trying to do here with my food is I'm trying to develop an identity around food, a Jewish Emirati identity that will give people a sense of belonging to make them feel at home in the UAE, not just for Jews who live here, but also for visitors who come here, they can feel comfortable. And, um, so I, I put a lot of effort into 
emphasizing those cultural commonalities, for looking for those cu- cultural commonalities, and to highlight the positive aspects so, so that um, we can build those bridges between our cultures. So if people want to get more information, want to see the food, want to buy the book when it comes out, maybe have a flight coming mm. uh, and want to eat something, where can they uh, Where can they do it? Where can they find out more info? So... You can go to my website. Um, it's Ellie's Kosherkitchen.com. Ellie spelled E-L-L-I and then S, obviously. Um, so Ellie's Kosherkitchen.com and I also have an Instagram page, which is, um, at Ellie's Kosher Kitchen or Kosher Food Dubai. Either one will work. And that's where you can reach me. Well, there you go, Ellie. Thank you so much for joining us on the new Blue Review today, uh, and good luck with all the cooking. Thank you so much, Benji, and thanks to all the listeners too. Take care, and I hope to speak to you again soon. Shana Ellie Creel there from Ellie's Kosher Kitchen, talking to us about kosherati cooking all the way from Dubai.